Hello there, this is Scott McKay. And this is Emily McKay. And welcome to episode number one of the Wing It Worldwide podcast. Oh, how exciting. You know, today we're going to talk about Beijing. Oh, one of my favorite countries. You had always wanted to go to China. Oh, I did. That was one of the first things on my list. You asked me to make a list, and that was one of the top things on that list. I think everybody wants to see the Great Wall of China. Well, who doesn't? I mean, you get to see the unrestored part of the wall, the restored part, what life was really like. Well, not on the restored part you don't. What they do is they put you in a bus and they take you to a jade factory. Then they take you to a place where they're going to massage you. Then they take you to a lunch and leave you there for two hours. You know, I don't know what they're eating. This fake Chinese food. I guess it's supposed to be like American Chinese food. It was most American Chinese food we had in China. Something like that. And by the time we do get to the Great Wall, we only had a few minutes there. Well, not a few. It was like an hour. But still, uh, something like that. I would have rather had more time than do that particular tour. Well, what we did, and this was probably a mistake. It was. We signed up for a tour through the hotel. Right. Hotel something, was great. Oh, wonderful. But something one should never do is sign up through a hotel, especially in China, for a tour. Yeah. Now, the first thing you need to know about the Great Wall of China is it's not like around Beijing. It's not like when you go to Xi'an, China, and the wall is like, oh, it's right there in the middle of town. It's not like the Alamo where, like, they built a city around it. you got to get on a honking bus, and you got to, like, trek out of town for an hour to get to the thing. Absolutely. It takes a while. Yeah. So what we did was, since it was our first trip to China, and really it was one of our first trips ever. Yeah. Absolutely out of our element. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is just to show you what dorks we are. Before we left for this trip, we had no idea what to expect. We didn't even know whether we were going to live or die. We had our, we did our will. <laughs> oh, that's right. We did, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, because we were going to China. Like, what if we don't survive the trip? What if something bad happens? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Looking back on that, what were we thinking? I know. Of course we lived, right? We did more planning in that regard than we did planning for that particular trip. Yeah, I mean, the hardest thing to survive in China was the twitchy guy taxi driver. <laughs> something else i thought for sure we were going to crash and we were afraid to get to ask to get out of the uh, out of the cab because we were afraid something bad would happen because he also had a temper well we didn't know how to say it in mandarin anyway we can scream at the top of our lungs in english and he just keep twitching and driving it's like the guy <laughs> had tourette syndrome he was like twitching and he would twitch really hard and every time he twitched the whole steering wheel would like twitch and the car would go eh, and we're like oh god towards going- buses I had like this image of like the movie Bullet with Steve McQueen where like the Charger, the bad guys in the black car, they just start like rolling down the road in like a ball of fire. I'm thinking that's us, you know, down some Beijing motorway with this twitchy guy in a cab. It's like when you fly in an old plane. Yeah. This old crate's been flying for like 40 years. One more flight isn't a problem. You're thinking this guy's been twitching his way around Beijing for, what, two decades? He wasn't a young guy. Oh, no, he wasn't. And he had, you know, anger management issues on top of it. Weird. I know. And we don't even know what he was angry at. I mean, it's not like we weren't going to tip him at the end for anything. I know. He's screaming at every everything on the on the road. That was really a crazy cab Driving ride. right between two buses that are each in their own lane. So he made his own little spot between them. Well, that's not unusual for any developing country. It was scary for someone who's traveled for the first time in a completely foreign country. Does China classify as a developing country? I guess it's one of those countries where when you get out of the urban areas, it is. Right. Yeah. Anyway, we digress from the Great Wall. So anyway, here we are off to the Great Wall and we're being sent to jade factories and everything that's going to pay our uh, tour guide or obnoxious tour guide named Sally. Yes. They'll take us anywhere that's going to give them a commission. Right. I don't think if we had to do it over again, we would go directly to the restored touristy part of the Great Wall. No. As a matter of fact, the way the tour guides get paid is the company 
that hires them, when the hotels hire the companies, companies get the money that we pay. They get pay. a kickback, yeah. Right. But they don't give it to your tour guide. Your tour guide gets paid solely on tips and commission, and therefore, their whole ambition is to sell you stuff the whole time. Well, yeah, they do get your tips, and they get commission from the Jade Factory. But that's it. And how much beer you drink at lunch or right. something. They don't get paid from the money that you paid for the tour. All right. So here we are at Bottling, and our tour guide is saying, you don't want to actually walk the Great Wall. You want to take the cable car. Take yes. the cable car. She's giving us so much fear, uncertainty, and doom about People fall, walking. get hurt. Yeah, exactly. So it's like this one guy goes, now you know what? I think I'm going to walk. And she's like, oh, my God, really? You're going to walk? Don't do that. Like many die kind of like bud <laughs> speech. And the guy's like, no, uh-uh, I think I'm going to walk. We so, wanted to walk, but he, she talked us out of she it. She talked us out of it. So basically we take the goofy cable car ride up and we see the Great Wall. You know, it's a decent view. Right. It was a cloudy, misty day, remember? Yeah. We bought round trip tickets. We did. We absolutely did. And we got to the Great Wall and you still have to climb up to the top, like the part where Chairman Mao took his pictures and everything on – Bottling Great Wall we're going to, if I didn't mention that already. So the sections have different names. So we get to the top of the Great Wall, and who do we see? We see the guy who walked up there. He beat us all up there. Like this horrible trek that was like, you know, too grueling for any human to bear, right? I guess if you're Sir Edmund Hillary, you might survive, right? Right. And so we asked, how was it? He's like, it was easy. So we walked down, and we're walking down, and we're seeing like octogenarian old people Walking the Great Wall, it's the only way to go. I mean, we actually got to see some of the Great Wall that way. That's right. It was more fun that way. Yeah, definitely. So that's the way to go. The second time we went to Beijing, I don't know if we if we had our druthers. I don't know if we would have done it while we were jet lagged from arriving the night before. But we went and we hiked up to the Zhangko section of the Great Wall, which is unrestored. And that was infinitely cooler. Oh, it was magnificent. Matter of fact, all the pictures that you see, they're iconic. They oh, come yeah. from there. Right, yeah. I mean, we turn around, and the guy goes, hey, look that direction. And we look in that direction, and it's like the picture. Yeah, yeah. It's the picture you've seen on every American Chinese restaurant's wall. <laughs> I know. We're like, <laughs> it's wow. Like, cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's definitely the way to go. It's not for the faint-hearted. There's not a lot of people there. We saw like 10 people and one green snake. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So, a uh, great wall. The food in China. Is not American Chinese food, but no, it's still good. It's it's delicious. It's not the same, but it's certainly delicious. I remember the first time we went, what we did was we went to a Peking duck restaurant in Peking. Peking being Beijing, right? Right. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. I mean, every restaurant you ever go to, if you're silly and spendthrift enough to order the Peking duck like we do on Thanksgiving, right. kind of a Christmas movie thing. It just melts in your mouth. Oh, my gosh. Not in America, it doesn't. It's like greasy, <laughs> gamey, dark meat in America. There, it's like this crispy, delectable, almost like sushi-like experience, only it's fried crispy duck, not sushi. But it has that same melt-in-your-mouth quality that great sushi does. And they served us the rice wine in a cool jade green decanter. Cooler than any of the jade they showed us on the freaking tour. Yeah, that became yeah. our souvenir. Oh, yeah, man. We took that home with us. We packed it in the uh, honking briefcase and... Drug it home. Oh, yeah. We had to have that. Another great thing about the Chinese food is the way they spice it. They have this thing in China, especially like for the Szechuan and Hunan-style dishes. I don't know which style it is, but we got it in Beijing. And it's like they'll make a spicy hot pot, and it's not just hot and spicy. It's like menthol eucalyptus hot and spicy. I mean, it's like every hot food guy's 
biggest dream to eat this stuff. <laughs> it's amazing. And we couldn't find the spice anywhere and we couldn't translate it. Nobody knew how to describe it to us in English. And we tried. We bought like three or four bottles of the stuff and you know, it wasn't the right stuff. No, it wasn't. Still on the search for that. And, you know, really the food wasn't gross. I mean, you see some of these shows on TV like Andrew Zimmer and everybody and they're eating gross stuff on purpose. Just like most of the other places we've gone to. The food you get there, you can find gross stuff if you want to. But if you want to find the good edible stuff. It's everywhere. Except they eat donkey there. Oh, that's right. We did try donkey, didn't we? Yeah, totally. Donkey restaurants. It wasn't bad. It was actually pretty good. Yeah. It tastes like roast beef, only like a little thicker and more dense. Yeah, and slightly gamey, but not really gamey. I didn't need a second helping. That's all I know. (laughs) Just the thought that it was donkey kind of puts a mental block, but I would imagine in time we could get over it. Now, Tiananmen Square, everybody talks about Tiananmen Square. The funny thing about Tiananmen Square is we whipped out a video camera and a guy comes over and says, hey, put that away. Right. That was that was a few years ago. That was a few years ago. But then another guy with the same exact uniform on is that guy came and kind of slapped that guy upside the head and gave him a break. You know, right. it's like, so I don't know what they think or what they believe. It seems like there's an old guard of people over there. And then the younger generation that are more relaxed. Right. Exactly. Um, if you want to see Chairman Mao laid out in state, you know, all stuffed and prepared, right. you got to get there before like 10 in the morning. Something like that. And always check online to find out the hours because they're really short amount of hours. Yeah. So if you want to see him, you got to get it pretty early. Oh, that's crickets. That means we're done. That was fast. Yeah. Time flew, right? Well, I guess that means we have to wrap up. Oh, wow. There's so much more to talk about. Oh, we could talk about Beijing for an entire... Plane trip? Plane trip. Yeah. Trans-Pacific. Anyway, if you want to find out more about Beijing or other destinations we talk about, definitely head over to www.wingitworldwide.com. We have a whole blog post on every one of these podcasts that we do that'll give you more information, uh, tips and tricks, things to see, stuff like that. Yeah. Things that we don't have time to do on 10-minute podcasts. Exactly. And also, you can go to www.wingitworldwide.com front slash podcast and find the show notes and link directly to the blog. One other thing, Emily, that people need to know, that you guys all need to know out there, is that you can get two cool free reports. One of them has the top 10 travel hacks that are so ninja, you're guaranteed never to have heard of them before. Right, don't miss it. This is master level stuff, but easy enough for anybody to do. Also, we have one simple trick for seeing more of the world for free. I think this one simple trick is responsible for probably 12 to 15 of the countries we visited for free. You know, it's something that all my friends keep asking me how we do that. And so we've written it down. Yep. And uh, that's the hint. Go ahead and grab that report and you can find those both at wingitworldwide.com. Until episode number two, this is Scott McKay. And this is Emily McKay. Be good out there. And have fun. Wing It Worldwide podcast is copyright X and Y communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Remember, you can go to the show notes page at www.wingitworldwide.com front slash podcast. There you'll find out much more about all the destinations talked about by Scott and Emily on this show. Remember, if there's anything left out that you wanted to hear, chances are you'll find it there. It's all at www.wingitworldwide.com front slash podcast. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the Wing It Worldwide podcast. Until next time, be good and have fun.